Thank you for tuning in to the Limitless Experience with Eric. Now, if you like what you've been hearing from me on my podcast, please do me a favor and tell five of your friends. And then have those friends tell five of their friends. Thank you. If you watch Power on Saturday before everyone else, do not ruin it for others. By this time, you should already know who in your circle watches it on Saturdays and who watches it on Sundays. And if you don't know, have the consideration of asking them if they watch the episode before you get right into saying to them, Hey, isn't such and such crazy for what he just did? Or ain't it crazy that Angela just locked up Ghost on the biggest night of his life for something that he didn't even do? But anyways, on to this recap. Episode 3 of Season 6 was action-packed from the beginning to the very end. Curtis 50 Cent Jackson directed this episode and he did a great job. For starters, he made the great decision to change the theme music back to what it's supposed to be. Just hope he keeps it that way for the remainder of the season and everything will be just fine. So we open with Dre at his safe house about to be transported to court by the marshals and it doesn't go as planned. The safe house is ambushed and every last one of those marshals got clapped and killed except for Agent Donovan and Dre. Now I don't want to pat myself on the back but I did call this in the last episode of my podcast in predictions. I 1,000% said, I think we have seen the last of Agent Donovan. And as sure enough, we did see the last of Agent Donovan. And just like I said, because Dre is shook and scared, he was going to be the one to clap Agent Donovan and go on the run. And sure enough, he clapped Agent Donovan and went on the run. Now, of course, they caught his goofy self trying to escape with his daughter. But let's rewind for a little bit. This is a high-profile case with the high-profile cartel. Why weren't any of the marshals wearing protective gear that would have helped them in this attempt to fight off the shooters? And on top of that, why was one of the shooters wearing a stocking cap on his face? I mean, if you come in there to end somebody's life, what's the point of hiding your face? And if you are trying to hide your face, why would you be wearing a stocking cap, dude? Now, conveniently for us, the one dude that they came there to finish off wound up surviving and not getting hit one single time. There would have been at least one more survivor, but Dre wasn't having it. This crazy dude claps Agent Donovan while his daughter's watching, and the blood even spatters on his daughter's face, and it means absolutely nothing to Dre. He's one cold brother. Speaking of cold brothers, Councilman Tate, a.k.a. Councilman O'Dog, this dude don't give a damn about nothing. Who would have thought that Shorty was the girlfriend of his assistant, Derek? He gives about as many F's as Carmelo Anthony has rings. <laughs> Moving on. Tommy, 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 Tommy. Are you out of your mind? Why on earth would you bring the panic machine Keisha to the spot where you keep your work and your cash? I hope that doesn't come back to bite you in the butt. Even two bit know the rules of the game. I'll come back to that though. Let's get to Alicia Jimenez and Cooper Sacks. 
Why is everybody so loose with their lips this season? Why on earth would Cooper Sacks inform Alicia Jimenez that Dre isn't dead? Not to be outdone with the draw snitching, Alicia Jimenez lets it slip that she knew that Dre's safe house was actually in Bushwick. They gotta stop letting this information fly like that. But anyways, on to Tommy and Tasha. Now whenever these two get together and have a smoking session, they plotting and scheming. Tasha running out of money, and Tommy can't seem to find some place to clean his money. Look at that. What I don't understand is, how are Tasha's pockets so close to being on E right now? I mean, she was running things thoroughly at one point. How on earth is it possible that she didn't put away enough money? She got Yaz and Tariq eating Chinese food and drinking out of paper cups in some two-bedroom apartment somewhere, probably in the hood. But that may be about to come to an end very soon. Tasha is a hustler. She might not know how to save money, but she 1,000% definitely knows how to get to it. She is a great negotiator. She got Councilman Tate and Ramona Garrity, who seems to be Councilman Tate's new campaign advisor, to help back her child care services business. All within about three minutes. Now Tasha and her BFF Tommy can get Jason's dirty money clean and of course line her own pockets and help herself get back on her feet as well. More after the break. If you would like to help support this podcast and its release of Poutine episodes, please click the link in the bio to make a donation. Thank you. You can also email the podcast at limitlessepod at gmail.com. Business is booming for Tariq and his two-man crew on campus. They sold everything they had, so now he got to head back to the city for the re-up. He even tried to help Mom Dukes out by giving her some bread, but because he couldn't think of something quick enough to say, he made a mistake and told her that the money came from Canaan, and she refused to take it because we all know Tasha cannot stand Canaan. Tariq was not happy with the setup at his mom's crib, and he didn't shy away from letting her know it. Go stops by to let Tasha know that he can't take Yaz this weekend and also has some questions regarding her apartment choice. She gets mad and says, you know what? You and your son, y'all both go back to the penthouse. Leave me the hell alone. Now the next morning over breakfast is where Ghost finds out that his own flesh and blood knew this entire time that Tommy was still alive and didn't even consider telling him. They hug it out and Tariq tells Ghost that he can trust him. But it's something about that look that Tariq gave him. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with Tariq. Why would you want to side with Tommy over your pops? But we're going to find out soon. We're going to find out who Tariq really riding with. But at this time, it's still up in the air. After that, Tariq goes in the rainer's room to get the remaining of the stash of pills that he left there from the work that Kanan gave him before he died. Agent Sachs and Sergeant Rodriguez are slowly starting to put the puzzle together, but they don't have all the pieces together just yet. Jason, the new connect, demands that Tommy find out when and where Alicia Jimenez will be transported and bring her to him alive. He also demands the exact same thing from Ghost. Now, for some reason, Joe Proctor's crib seems to be the place to go if you want to incriminate yourself. Tommy shows up at Proctor's crib to strong arm him into giving him the details as to when and where Alicia Jimenez will be transported to the federal courthouse 
Ghost leans on Proctor for the same exact information, and little puppy Proctor cannot resist. He gives the information to the both of them. After Tommy gets that information from Proctor, he takes it back to his crew and maps out the ambush. The only problem is, for a major part of this ambush, they're gonna need a woman. And walks the very trustworthy and dependable in times like this, Keisha. Now, I don't know who's more dumb in this situation. Is it Tommy for depending on her scary ass? Or is it Keisha for being down with it knowing good and goddamn well that she's gonna panic and piss on herself just at the thought of being questioned by the feds if this goes wrong? Ghost is a high profile person in New York City. How is it possible that nobody in that courthouse noticed him posing as a contractor to fix the elevator when he himself probably was fighting a case in that same exact courthouse for the killing of Greg Knox? Now we're in the courtroom and Proctor's inside man slips Alicia Jimenez water laced with thallium, which is equivalent to rat poisoning. It's tasteless, it's odorless, damn near untraceable. Alicia Jimenez drinks it right up, and very quickly it goes into effect, and she has to be rushed to the restroom. And what's the security detail does a horrible job at sweeping the restroom to make sure no one is inside. Yes, it had an out-of-order sign on the door, but it would have taken him all of about two seconds to bust that door down to make sure that absolutely no one was in that restroom. Lala, of course, was behind that door waiting in the stall, and she does her job to perfection which was to just simply text 2-Bit and Spanky to let them know that it's time for them to come through and do their part. 2-Bit and Spanky come through dressed as EMT workers. They get Alicia Jimenez inside the ambulance and they deliver her right to Jason just as he asked. Ghost was also tasked with getting Alicia Jimenez to Jason, but he was pretty much working by himself, so I'm curious as to how he was going to get that done. Tommy and Ghost were shocked to see each other in the same place at the same time but that did not stop them from getting the job done. They bring Alicia Jimenez to Jason, and Jason did exactly what I asked of him in my recap for episode one of season six. He put his own work in, so no longer is he the financial advisor. He is the connect that can put his own work in if need be. He just took out the head of the Jimenez cartel like he wasn't nothing. He shot Alicia Jimenez right in the neck, and then looked Tommy dead in his eyes and said, not going to make Tommy too happy. You know I'm going to touch on that in predictions. Jason is also asking that Ghost give him the money because he didn't come through on the job. And Councilman Tate is also pressuring Ghost to give him more money for the Queen's Child Project. And Ghost is just about all out of money. And now he has to go and ask this snake Stern for money. Keisha lets Tommy know that she's down with the get down. She now wants to start washing the money at her salon all by herself with no help from Tasha. That's a damn shame. It appears as though Dre is about to cooperate with the feds to bring Ghost down, and he got the nerve to call Sax a double-crosser. Shame on him. And that's the close of the recap. Now for predictions. Now my last pod at prediction time, I did correctly predict that we have seen the last of Agent Donovan and that Dre would be the one to kill him, 
and that he would go in a room with his daughter, and he did exactly that. Also said that I would need to see Jason put some work in so we can all believe that he was about that life, and he too did exactly that. For my newest predictions, I don't like the fact that Tommy brought Lala into his organization and showed her so much after she's already proven to him that she is really, really, really not into this. This is not for her. Now, I don't think this one will happen the very next episode, but I do think that if Lala gets pressed by the feds, that she will cave in and implicate Tommy. Now that Tariq is out of pills and Kanan is dead, he's going to need a new connect. I'm pretty sure that that connect will be Tommy. Ramona Garrity, the political staffer, also told Ghost that he should be a politician. So that prediction is still on the table for me. Jason really disrespected Tommy this episode, and Tommy did not like that at all. Now, Ghost and Tommy did speak, and Ghost brought up the idea of maybe them getting together and taking Jason out. I also predicted that on the earlier podcast, but I no longer think that Tommy and Ghost will team up. After telling Tommy to his face that he pretty much thinks that he's an incompetent fool, Tommy, with the help of his own crew and not Ghost's help, will take Jason out. And that wraps up my predictions. And that also wraps up this episode of The Limitless Experience with Eric. If you would like to, you can contact the podcast at limitlessepod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Peace out.